We are in a series called Life in the Spirit. And make sure you have uh, bread and cup. I have mine ready for <laughs> after the teaching. We're going to eat and drink communion together, and then we'll get back to one more song with Shua and Jimena. But in the midst of everything that's going on, this week we're talking about hearing God's voice. Hearing God's voice with all the noise and all the the, the, the different voices out there, it's important that as followers of Jesus and worshipers of the Creator, um, we lean in and learn to hear God's voice. We believe God speaks. He speaks specifically to those who have the Spirit of God. And, and He speaks directly to our mind's eye. And He's done this all through history, okay? Um, so, so this teaching is arranged a little bit different than normal. I'm going to spend some time setting the stage, and then there's going to be a bunch of Scripture, and we're going to wrap it up with communion. So, so what is the Bible? The Bible is a collection of stories about men and women who hear God's voice. They listen to God speak, and they obey or disobey, right? So much of our life comes down to this. You hear and you obey God's voice. This is why we spent so much time together over the past few months learning listening prayer and scripture meditation and the discipline of notice, silence, solitude, and now the person of the Holy Spirit. It's all to practice awareness and receptivity to the voice of God in our lives so we can hear and obey. It's so important right now, you guys. I just long for our church to grow in this. If we want to be the kind of church that leads the way in racial reconciliation and political division, we we, we learn unity beyond the division uh, amidst all the opinions and competing voices. If we want unity, then we have to learn how to hear God's voice and obey, okay? But how does this work? Like, like, how does God speak? Um, if you're a Christian, then you, you, you know, at least you agree, that God speaks through the Scriptures. But the, here's the thing. The Scriptures are generic, not specific. Here's what I mean by that. For example, the Scriptures can tell you what kind of person you're supposed to marry, but they're not going to tell you who to marry. Um, they can tell you how to commit to community, but they can't tell you what city to live, live, move to, you know? They can tell you what kind of job is in line with the kingdom, but they're not going to tell you where to work. The scriptures don't do that. The scriptures can tell you how to treat the vulnerable, but they can't give you a 2020 election voter's guide, right? So we need the Spirit of God to speak. And so there's all, all kinds of ways God speaks, um, as I said before, one of the primary ways God speaks is to our hearts and to our minds. The Spirit has direct access to our minds. Remember when we were in 1 Corinthians earlier this year, it seems like years ago. Uh, but in chapter 2, remember, God's wisdom is revealed to us, children of God, by the Spirit. Because as Spirit-filled followers of Jesus, quote, we have the mind of Christ. We have direct access to the mind of God through the Holy Spirit. So yes, God desires to speak to our hearts and minds directly. But right away, this, ra- this like raises all sorts of questions, right? Isn't that subjective, Evan? Yes. Isn't that open to interpretation? Yep. Isn't that unclear sometimes? Uh, for sure. And so, and so is the Bible. 
by the way, you know that, like the Bible needs to be interpreted. The Bible is subjectively applied and even unclear at times, but that's another topic. And then, and then you ask like, what if it's not the spirit I'm hearing? What if it's not God's voice? What if it's wishful thinking or pop culture or if it's political bias or what if it's my dad from when I'm a kid? What if it's guilt or shame or a demon? Or what if I just get God wrong? These are legitimate questions. Obviously, most of us would rather hear God speak audibly, right? Like that would be amazing. If I'm honest and I had to pick between like the inner voice of the spirit or the audible voice of God, I'd go with the audible voice every day. Like I wish it was that way. You know, sometimes I do like listening prayer with my community, come Holy Spirit and speak. And then it's like crickets. Like, why don't you just speak? God, where are you? Why are you silent? And I just want to say that that's a very normal feeling, very healthy part of being a human in relationship with the divine. Um, So I just, right now, I want to debunk the idea that it would be better to hear an audible voice. I think that's just a myth that needs to be busted. So John 12, on the screen, Jesus says this, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Watch this. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Okay, so there's this audible voice from God. Everyone hears it, and then watch what the people do next. Verse 34, the crowd spoke up. We've heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever, so how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? And and who is the Son of Man? (laughs) So just picture, picture the scene. Audible voice booms from the sky. Some opinions, some headlines say it's thunder, some headlines say it's an angel, and everyone is still clueless about who Jesus is and what's going on. So the point is, even if a thundering voice from heaven happens to you, chances are you'll still miss what's going on. Um, Another example, what if an angel like appeared to you and talked? There's a great example of that in Luke chapter one, uh, also on the screen here. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, this guy named Zacharias, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer's been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. You're to call him John. He'll be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He'll bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he'll go on before the Lord in the the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of their parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? So, so um, it's like comical. So Zechariah is in the right place, right time, an apparition from heaven with tons of detail, like tons of detail from the angel. And Zechariah's like, ah, how can I be sure this is, this is real? So like, even if an angel shows up to declare God's will, chances are we'll still miss it. Um, 
And the final example, real quick, Jesus himself, like if Jesus appeared to you in the flesh, son of God, um, what would we do? How would we respond? Here's how the disciples did. He replied, Jesus says, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides, speaking of the Pharisees. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Pretty clear, pretty intense. And Peter says, explain the parable to us. And Jesus says, are you still so dull? So, so you get the idea. Uh, even if Jesus himself appeared and verbally, audibly spoke his teachings, his parables, you know, the way Jesus speaks, there's still a good chance, just like the disciples, that we will miss what's going on. And the fact, here's the point of this moment, like God's just not always easy to understand. Sometimes he is, but a lot of the time his voice is unclear and ambiguous and just fuzzy and humans are left confused. I mean, God is God, right? Like he could have set up this universe however he wanted. He could have set it up where every Jesus follower gets a private Zoom meeting at 7 a.m. with God, and God's like, good morning, Jordan. Uh, here I am. I'm God. I love you. I'm declaring your identity right now to remind you that my will is good for you today. Enjoy your coffee. We'll connect again at 9 p.m. tonight. Here's the Zoom itinerary or whatever. That would be awesome. Like, God could have done that, but he didn't. Why not? Not sure. But we do know for sure, according to the scriptures, God is after relationship with you. And every healthy relationship requires conversation. Conversation, like real dialogue. For example, I love my wife, Sandy. Um, I love the relationship we have. I love doing all kinds of things with her like watching movies, cooking together, having sex, singing together, traveling, everything, our our multifaceted, intimate relationship. I love it all, but by far, the most important thing we do, relationally, is communicate, Uh, conversation. This is what relationships are made of at the base level, authentic, open, ongoing conversation. And this is exactly what God wants with you. More than anything, to live in relationship And that means conversation. So there's a lot of questions in this sermon. So like, why is God's voice such an ambiguous thing to talk about? If God wants it so bad, why can't we hear it? Uh, See, when we look at the story of the Bible, there seems to be something almost romantic about God's relationship with humanity. Not sexual, don't get me wrong, but romantic in the sense of the chase It's this theme of seeking God. It's massive in the scriptures, being still to know God. There's even this verse in Jeremiah that says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So there's something about this. God wants to be pursued and chased and he wants us to search for him with all our hearts. And when we do, he promises to be present is beautiful. So all that said, God speaks. God speaks. Even if it's not crystal clear, God speaks. But how? Well, first and foremost, God speaks through Jesus. God speaks through Jesus. 
The author of Hebrews says it this way, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. Jesus is the word of God, capital W. He's the revelation of God. One pastor I love says, said this way, Jesus is what God has to say. I love that. Um, and secondly, God speaks through the scriptures. The little w word of God. Uh, Paul writes this way, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuke, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, that's you, that's me, so we can be thoroughly equipped. Everything we need thoroughly for every good work. So, yeah, so we hear the voice of God first and foremost through Jesus and, and secondly through the scriptures, but they obviously feed into each other, right? The scriptures are God-breathed. The Bible wasn't just like zap, like dictated uh, to a bunch of authors in a trance. And it's not just a bunch of ancient writings that are just remotely inspired by the idea of God. No, the Bible is uniquely the voice of God and the voices of ancient authors, truthfully communicating God's intent to save humans through Jesus. And most of what we need to know is in the library of the Bible that's right there in your, on your couch, on your table, in your lap. So that means the Bible is where we go to find where we came from, where everything is headed, ethics, right and wrong, human sexuality, marriage and relationships, the way of Jesus. It's all right here in this book. So if you, start, if you want to hear God's voice, you start, step one, you wake up and read the scriptures. And, and, and then another way God speaks to us is through creation, through creation. And Paul says it this way, Romans 1, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power, His divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. This basically means stars, forests, you name your favorite spot to go and hike, sunsets, God speaks through that setting and reveals something about his heart to us. And another way God speaks is through prophecy. Um, Paul writes about it this way in 1 Corinthians, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. The one who prophesies speaks to people for strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And prophecy, you know, it's a scary word kind of today, uh, but it doesn't need to be. It's another way of saying when God speaks to you through another person. This is when someone either preaches a sermon or maybe comes up to you personally and says, hey, uh, again, Jordan, I'm picking on the camera operator. He's literally the only other person in the room right now. So uh, he's like, Jordan, I was praying and you came to mind and I had this word or picture or scripture and in humility, I could be off, Jordan, but I want to share this with you for your strength and encouragement and comfort. And this is what Paul says is the purpose of prophecy, which kind of means if it's not for strengthening, encouraging, or comfort, there's a good chance it's not God's voice. Um, however, I want to say too, sometimes strengthening doesn't feel encouraging or comforting at first because it often involves a call to repent. Uh, but even that is for encouragement. Even that is for comfort. So this is why I want to say this very clearly. When it comes to prophecy, it's so important to test it. How do you test it? Through spirit-filled community, you guys. 
That's where so much of this Christian thing, this life in Jesus, comes back to community. Because in that same chapter, Paul says, the spirit of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. Okay? So in other words, yes, God speaks through prophecy, but prophecy needs to always be tested in community. This is what local church elders are for. This is why we ask you to reach out to us in emails and stay in touch during this quarantine thing, whatever this is. And this is why you have a community. We're called to test the spirits. Why? Because <laughs> I think of the classic, the classic line, um, hey, God told me that like, we're supposed to get together and get married or whatever. Um, no, test that spirit. Test the heck out of that spirit and bring it to your leaders, bring it to your community. Um, and there are several other ways God speaks in scripture, like dreams, visions, angels, the very rare audible voice. And of course, through circumstances, God can speak through circumstances. Um, and this one's tricky though, because yes, God speaks through circumstance and we have like Christianese lingo for this, like open doors and closed doors or whatever. But we have to be careful with that because God isn't the only being out there who can open or close doors. Um, God isn't the only other will in the universe. There are other wills at play. Um, the scriptures talk about the unholy trinity, world, flesh, devil. And all of these are at play all the time creating circumstances that negatively impact God's plan for flourishing. And we don't have time to get into it, but suffice it to say, um, sometimes we encounter circumstances that we are meant to resist. Understand. And sometimes we encounter open doors that we're meant to close ourselves. We're supposed to say no to, like maybe that job or an opportunity to travel or get extra money or other benefits. It's not always just this God speaking open door. We're actually mean to close those doors sometimes in obedience to God. And at the same, by the same token, there are closed doors that are meant to be forced open by the community of the Spirit. I think of Spirit-led peaceful protest right now against worldly systems of racial injustice, pushing open literally millions of closed doors into open opportunities for people of color. And so all this to say, God can absolutely speak through circumstances, but that's tricky because we need to surround ourselves with the scriptures and spirit-filled community to help us discern the voice of God in those circumstances. Okay, so God can speak through all kinds of other things like gut feelings, like a sense, you know, when you have that lack of peace or whatever. I'll never forget the moment we almost moved away from San Diego too early to go to Portland. Three years before we did, we were offered a job at Westside Church as worship pastors, my wife and I. And uh, after months of conversation, I had the documents, like the hiring agreement, four pages with a dotted line. And I had the pen in my hand. I was super excited. And as soon as my pen got like within four inches of the paper, my guts just started doing backflips. And I thought I was going to puke. Um, and I just had all the peace in my body just drained away in, in the way that I just felt distinctly like I could not sign this document it, or, or I'd be like disobeying God. Uh, so we, so we, didn't, we didn't go. And it turns out 
Uh, fast forward three years later, it was the right thing, but at the wrong time, because we did end up moving to Portland and Westside Church. But this time, it was not as worship pastors, but as embedded church planters with a clear plan to come back and plant Park Hill. So who knows if we'd even be back um, if we didn't wait to go. It's, it's a long story. But that lack of peace, I believe, was the voice of God. And then it was confirmed through leadership at my church in San Diego and the church in Portland. And then, of course, God can speak through times of prayer and all of that. But the major point here today, God speaks, you guys. God speaks. This is life in the Spirit. God speaks. And so this raises another big question. How do we know it's Him speaking? Like, how do we know? Like I said, it could be wishful thinking or my father from 20 years ago in the back of my head, or it could be demons or something. I read a book in seminary about spiritual beings and how demons manifest in uh, scripture and in experience. And I read one chilling account of a missionary who was killed by one of the natives of a remote village, okay? Um, Kind of an extreme story, but it illustrates the point. This native was a new follower of Jesus, but when the native, so, so this, this native, um, this native uh, actually killed his pastor. And, and he was a new follower of Jesus who killed his pastor. Uh, so when they questioned him, why did you kill your pastor? He responded, I heard a voice that was extremely loud and inescapable in my soul. And it said to kill the pastor. Um, yeah, super extreme, but I, I, I don't. I say it to say this, I don't doubt he heard a voice, but that was not the voice of the Spirit of God. That was the voice of a spirit that was violent and cruel and evil. And so, that's an extreme example to just say we all have to know who is speaking right now. Whose voice am I hearing? And here's... um, Just a couple ways of discerning that. First off, does it line up in Scripture? Does it line up with Scripture? Uh, For example, God will never tell you to sleep with your boyfriend or girlfriend. (laughs) Um, It's like, oh, but God gave us the green light. We prayed. We feel good about it. Nope. Pretty sure the Scriptures are still right. Um, uh, God will never tell you to cheat on your taxes. Uh, God will never tell you to stop being generous. Why? Because... These things are in direct conflict with the story of Scripture and the teachings of Jesus. This is why we emphasize biblical literacy. It's so important. We have to cultivate understanding of the Scriptures so that we have a litmus test for what we think might be the voice of God. Read the Bible daily. Know it backwards and forwards. So, uh, first of all, uh, does it line up in Scripture? this voice that I sense. Secondly, does it sound like Jesus? Does it sound like Jesus? Jesus said it this way in John 10, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. (laughs) Again, this is why it's so important to know Jesus through the scriptures, which brings us to another question. I told you this is a day of questions. Just trying to foresee all of them. Why don't, I'm a Christian. Why don't I hear God's voice? Jesus says, my sheep know his voice. They follow me. I'm, I follow him. I'm, I'm a sheep or whatever, but I don't hear him. Why? Um, why is his voice so hard to discern? 
So I'm just going to close by suggesting four reasons why, and then four quick ways to grow in this. And then we're going to come to communion. So four reasons we don't hear God's voice. I'm sure there are other reasons, but these are just four. Number one, I truly believe this is huge. I think we often get God's character wrong. Like if you see God as just only angry at you and he, and he doesn't like you and he doesn't like see you as his favorite, <laughs> like he loves you and he just delights in you. If you don't see God that way, then I believe we have a dysfunctional view of God. And it's no wonder we don't hear his delight because we just write it off and assume that's not true. That's not him. Exodus 34, verse 6 and 7, it is the cornerstone for knowing God's character. God introduces himself to Moses and to Israel. I am the Lord, the Lord. And what are the adjectives he uses? I am compassionate and gracious and abounding in steadfast love. And he's fair and he's just and he punishes sin, absolutely. But the leading character of God is compassion. He is he wants to be he wants to be chased and he and he's after us in love so one of the reasons we don't hear god's voice we get his character wrong another reason i i i think we fill our day with noise we don't stop to listen we're too busy or distracted to hear god's voice just look at your calendar and and, and ask yourself where is god here not in a shaming way but in like lord Where can I clear space for you? Because we fill our days with noise. And number three, reason why we maybe don't hear God as, as, as God's people, because we don't ask. Like we don't ask for him to speak. Like Matthew 7, Jesus says, after his famous Sermon on the Mount, he finishes by saying, so, so ask and, and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find, knock. And the door will be open for whoever asks receives. Jesus is talking to kids of the king. Whoever seeks, finds. And all the seeking psalms, there's psalms all through Israel's psalm book, like about searching for God and longing for God, like a deer is panting for water in the desert heat. Um, God isn't just wanting to download information about his will into our brains. That's not why he speaks, just to give us doctrines to agree to, although that's important. He's after relationship, you guys. He wants to be chased. And, and, and so number four, fourth reason we don't hear God's voice, I see, honestly, is that we don't repent of sin. We don't repent of sin. And, and uh, I actually think this is the easiest one to deal with because sometimes we do, you know, prayer together in community and we're listening. We're like, God, would you speak? Holy Spirit, come speak to me, Lord. And, and, and we're listening and we're still and suddenly like a sense of sin like bubbles up, like, oh, that, that attitude I had or that, that thing I watched or those words I said or that gossip I uttered or whatever, and it just starts bubbling up. If this happens to you, that's great. That is God speaking. That's God speaking. So that if, if this bubbling up this, and you've sensed sin, and, and then good news, easy, easy fix, some, sometimes not so easy, but, but it is very clear. God is gracious. Repent. Repent just means rethink your thinking. 
Leave the sin behind, confess it to the Lord, and abide in the goodness of Jesus. (laughs) Peter in Acts 3, he says repentance is for refreshment. And so if you sense sin in your life, then the solution is, it's almost the clearest one. Like the solution is to move toward God in repentance and say uh, that you are in need of his grace. And so that's four reasons we don't hear the voice of God. And so just to, to finalize this moment together, as we come to communion, here's four ways to open ourselves to the voice of God. Four ways to open ourselves and grow. Number one, Meditate on the scriptures. <laughs> I've said that a ton through this teaching already. Uh, meditate on the scriptures. That's how we know God's character. That's how we know the voice of Jesus. That's, so, that's how we know his heart and plan for humanity. And, and you guys, shoot for daily. Shoot for daily in the scriptures. To me, I don't survive. It's not even a matter of like thriving or maintaining. I don't even survive right now in this era without daily time considering the words of God. Um, Shoot for daily. And if you think you don't have the time, just remember that we only run out of time for the things that are not important to us. So meditate on the scriptures. And number two, pray and listen. Let's let's join those together. Pray and listen. Often when we pray, um, we treat God kind of like a vending machine or genie in a bottle. And uh, we just give him our grocery list and, and we just talk at God. And, and we just, uh, most of my Christian life, I would just talk at God. And the conversation was not a thing. Um, so pray and listen, listen. Again, shoot for, shoot for daily with this. Even two moments of just quiet noticing every day. Just learn to pay attention This is what we call the discipline of notice just a couple months ago. um, Someone once said, 80% of prophecy is just noticing. And I love that. So pray and listen. And number three, ask. Ask God to speak. Uh, Simply just like God, like right now, even right now in your room, in your house, wherever you are, just like God, as this sermon wraps up, as as July 5th, Sunday, is coming to midday, um, God, would you speak to me now? I'm here. You're here. I'm willing to obey. Speak to me. Which brings us to number four. And finally, um, the best way to open ourselves to the voice of God is probably um, a commitment to obey what he says. Obey what he says. Um, and, and heads up, usually God will call you out of your comfort zone. That's the way of the kingdom. Uh, America, we live, most of us in America who are watching this right now, uh, if you're from another country, welcome. But America is an insurance-obsessed culture. We have life insurance and home insurance and health insurance and car insurance, all the kinds of insurance you can imagine. And it's all about getting rid of liability and minimizing risk. The kingdom of God could not be more different than American culture in that way. God's kingdom is not risk-averse. The scriptures are clear that following and obeying the voice of God could cost you your life. Jesus says it this way in Luke 9, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. And then he says in John 16, 
I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Hearing God's voice means being willing to step into daily, risky, sacrificial obedience. God will call you and me out of our preferences, out of our opinions, out of our like Facebook talking points and political, all the, our sense of rights and our comfort zones. He'll call us out of all of that for the sake of his kingdom. And for some of us, this could literally mean risking our lives for the gospel. And many of us know people that have done that and that are doing that now. But honestly, for most of us, the call to obey God's voice will show up in the ordinary, everyday life stuff. Um, and this is where the rubber meets the road. I'm just going to close with a personal example, and it'll bring us to the bread and the cup. Uh, one way I often hear God's voice call me into sacrifice is interacting with my kids. Um, when the little ones are fighting, uh, some of you know Harper and River, uh, they just they get together and they feed off each other, and sometimes they start screaming about something they are not sharing or whatever. And when they start screaming, I, I tend to just want to step in quickly. And they're not being kind, so I just want to step in and make them stop being kind by being unkind to them and force them to stop. And I can be aggressive myself, and which can frustrate them. I, I get them to shut up, but they feel unheard and um, just, it's not, it's not good for the house. And so when I start to react that way, and I just want to shut them up and just get them quiet, I, I receive this, this sense in those moments. It's this feeling. It's this thought almost from outside of me. Um, and, it, and if I could put a, if I, if I could put a voice to it, it's saying, are they seeing my way in you? It's just so quick. It's this sense of like, are they going to see, are they going to see my way right now? Evan, you talk about practicing the way all the time in front of a camera. Will they see you without a camera? Will they see you practicing my way now? Um, And it happens so frequently. So frequently, I often think of it as my own voice. Um, Like, is this my, will your little one see Jesus through me right now. And, and when I obey that voice, I change. And, and hopefully the kids change and the atmosphere of the house changes. And, and, and what is that? What is that sense that I'm hearing? What is that? What is that? That is the voice of God. It's the voice of God. And that's just a, that's just a personal example. I'm sure a lot of us could share stories like this. The question for you and me today Are we willing to grow into the kind of people who regularly hear God's voice and we obey? Where prophecy is alive and active and not just in our gatherings, but in your your family, in your house, with your roommates, uh, on, on Zoom calls, is prophecy alive and active? Are we noticing, leaning in spiritually to one another and speaking boldly but humbly? This is life in the Spirit. This is the way God's going to call us forward into whatever the new thing is God is doing. We're not regathering in person next week, but we're absolutely joining together in the spirit more deeply than ever before. Are we willing to hear God and obey him as we step into this time? 
So I'm going to pray, Lord Jesus, would you give us the same spirit that filled you in Gethsemane, the same spirit that allowed you to declare your perplexed state and yet completely commit to the voice of the Father. Teach us how to hear God's voice, Holy Spirit. Teach us how to hear you. What are you saying to us right now? How are you leading us into this moment? The second half of 2020 is going to be loud and chaotic and and, and divisive in so many ways. And Lord, we want to be the unifying, peace-filled, non-anxious, settled, convicted, rooted family of Jesus. And we need to hear you for that. We need to, God. And right now, church, the presence of God is with you. He is near to you. Just quiet your heart. Acknowledge his presence. We have no choice but to be separated geographically right now. God is covering the distance. He's present with you, present with us. And he's leading us through a truly momentous uh, year. And he's making us more like his son. Just acknowledge his presence, his goodness. He's for you. 